Good morning. Welcome to the Bond Center Morning Services. Thank you so much for being with me. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. You can get involved anywhere in the world by calling 800-411-2663, 800-411-BOND. You can also email me, church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org. And put your name in town, name in town, name in town, name in town. All your emails. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I'm back. I've been gone for two weeks. I almost didn't make this week, except that I insisted on getting up early this morning. I was in uh, Wichita Falls, Texas last night. I spoke there on Saturday, and I took a flight, a 5.40 a.m. flight this morning to get here in order to be here for the service because I missed two Sundays, last Sunday and the Sunday, pr- and the Sunday prior, and I wanted to try to be here. So I'm here. I'm in a fog. I had to get up really early, <laughs> went to bed late, got up like three-something to make it here. But isn't that something? That's commitment, huh? Yes. That is real commitment. Life is something else. How many people think life is something else? Oh, good, everybody. I want to find out why here in a minute. Uh, let me tell you where I went. Two weeks ago, I was in uh, Indiana. Um, my dad's birthday to celebrate my father's birthday. And uh, for some reason, it doesn't feel right to call my dad my father. It doesn't sound like, it like making him a god or something. But he turned 80 years old, so we were there to celebrate his birthday. Very interesting times. Learn a lot. Um, had a lot of opportunities to resent, but I didn't. And I had fun. I had fun. One thing I realized is that, now I won't say never, ever, ever, but if you break up with your spouse, your husband or wife, and you have children, you should not get married to anyone else until those kids are adults and on their own because it really leaves a scar in their hearts as adults, especially if you marry somebody who already have children by somebody else. And they feel abandoned. And it takes a long time to get over that. I saw that. I didn't feel that way, but I saw my other brothers and sisters feeling that way. And I'm like, it's amazing the spiritual scar that a father and a mother can leave upon their children. Because even if a mother did that, it would still hurt the kids, you know what I'm saying? And I saw that, and I'm like, wow, that's amazing to see that, the spiritual impact that our parents can have on us because we are a spirit, and we're impacted spiritually. And if you don't really know how to overcome that, it stays with you. And then if the, if, uh, the stepmother play games at all, it'll just make it even worse. Or the stepfather should play games. So I, I realized that. So if anybody out there or here in this room, if you have children and you're divorcing for whatever reason, do not get married. Don't even date until your kids are grown. Because in all reality, there's no reason to be dating or getting married. The kids need to come first. I realized that. And then the following weekend, I went to Eufaula, Alabama for my family reunion. I went down there for a family reunion. And, uh, what? About the first thing? Uh, okay. I'll take it now. Thank you. Would it, it's the same principle, is it not? Let's say you haven't got married. You have a child out of wedlock. Right. You shouldn't get, you uh-uh. shouldn't be dating anybody else or getting married. Or That's right. Anything to anybody until other than the father. Until your, your kids are adults. Right. And they okay. don't need you anymore. All right. Thank you. That's a good question. Because the kids need, it's like, it's like men need Christ. The kids need the parents in that manner. The same kind of uh, position. They really, really do. And it just stays with you. Unless someone comes along and tell you how, how to overcome that. Because I didn't feel that way, but it was kind of sad to see my sister and brother feeling that way at such a, you know, their age now. And I see a lot of young kids feeling that way because kids need the attention of their parents. Like we need the attention of Christ. It's the same principle. It's a spiritual thing. Then I went to Alabama to the family reunion. And uh, when some people heard that I was coming, 
they set up some speaking engagement for me while I was there. Uh, well, the first thing that happened is that I hosted the family reunion. I, I was surprised that I was able to do that or allowed to do it because in my family, up until that time, I thought I was the only Republican. So uh, I had uh, Huckabee was there as well, right down the hall. The Republican Party of Ufall, Barber County, down in Ufall, Alabama, was hosting Huckabee. And they had asked me to speak there, too, but I couldn't because of the reunion thing. So what I did was I told my family members when I opened up the our event, I said I was invited to speak at Huckabee's event right down the hall. But since this was happening, I couldn't. But I told them that I'm going to register my entire family as Republicans when the reunion is over. <laughs> and they go, oh, shut up. They were getting all mad just from that. <laughs> and then when they got mad at me, I said, oh, I, I love teasing Democrats. They can't take anything. <laughs> that didn't help it either. Move on. They were like all upset. And at the end of the reunion, well, just before the end, I asked them to show their hands up. Any Republican in the House, nobody raised their hands. But when it was all over, I had two cousins who I had never met before, my first time meeting them. They secretly told me that they were Republicans, but they, they said there was no way I was going to raise my hand in this crowd. And so, <laughs> so they were afraid to let my family member know that they were Republicans. Isn't that amazing? Uh, rep black Republicans are hated that much that even in your own family, you can't let them know that you are unless you're ready to deal with it. But I had a whole lot of fun messing with them. I just messed with them through the whole thing. And I had a hoot net. I had them laughing, too. I had a lot of fun. And then I was invited to speak at a church in Midway, Alabama, in the city of Spring Hill. And it was an all-white church. I used to pass that church every morning going to school on the school bus. And I remember looking out the window at that church, and I've never seen anybody go in and out of that church in the whole 12 years that I went past. <laughs> I never saw one soul go in or out. And uh, I realized now maybe because it was Monday through Friday when I was going past, it, past that, that uh, church, and they invited me to speak there at that particular church. And when my family members found out that I was speaking, they went off. They're like, don't do it. These people are racist. They would not allow you in there before. I'm not going in there. I don't tell them what they're going to do to me. They were, <laughs> they were like really against it, and nobody went with me. You know, I was inviting them to go just for the fun of it. And this church has a lot of history because it, it, the slaves used to go there too. The white people sat downstairs, and they had a balcony for the slaves upstairs to sit down and be a part of the service. They even have some uh, World War, no, they have some uh, Civil War soldiers buried there, unknown, unnamed soldiers buried there, and they'd have them buried on this tree. They plant these two trees at the time. They bury the unknown soldiers, and the trees are tall, and they plant benches there so you can sit there and sometimes have church service in favor of those guys, support of those guys. But a lot of white folks showed up, and they had a good time. They, they, they were inspired. They looked at themselves, and they understand better now what's going on with the races. So when they announced that I was coming, a lot of people showed up to that church. And I said to my family members, if you are of God, how are you going to refuse to go and talk to the white folks just because their ancestors did you wrong? You know, you can't be of God and be hating like that. Even if, let's say that, even if they were actually the slave masters themselves and an opportunity came to go and speak the truth to them, I would still go because we're not allowed to hold anything against anyone. So I had a good time there. And then Sunday night, I, I was invited to speak at another white church in Ufall, Alabama. And that was good, too. I was challenged in that church by some liberal Christian women, white women, about... Uh, women, re the government paying for contraception for women. They're like, why you don't want that to happen? I said, the same reason I wouldn't want to pay for contraception is my daughters decided they wanted to have sex, and they like come to me and say, you know what, Dad, I'm ready to have sex. Would you pay for the contraception? What well, I'm going to say, yes. 
And uh, so they were going back and forth with me. They tried to prevent me from speaking there. They printed out some articles, were passing them out before I got there. And so I said to the pastor, wow, your, your congregation making you look bad. <laughs> but he knew about them already. That was fun. I had a good time there. And then I had to stay an extra night and spoke at the Quinas luncheon on, at a noon. And then at, that night, the Republican Party of Barber County had an event. They were having their meeting, and they invited me to come. It was a packed house. We had a really, really good time. So that's where I've been. And so this weekend, I was in uh, Wichita Falls uh, speaking to um, a constitutional party there uh, yesterday. And that was fun, too. Had a good time. Getting the word out there. I'm ready to be out on the road putting it out there. You know what I'm saying? Because people are hearing the truth and they're being inspired by it. You guys are, are, are used to it. You hear it all the time. To so much now, it's kind of, you don't even hear it most of the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so that's where I've been. And I thank God for those opportunities. I go wherever they open up. And we're getting the word out there, getting the truth out there, saving lives and families. Um, so, what have you guys been doing? <laughs> yes, sir. So, I, I wanted to share this. Speak into the mic for me. I wanted to share this with every. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to share this with everybody because um, I had a real interesting long-term struggle I had with a boss and with uh, a client that had caused a great deal of difficulty for me that I began to see as my own problem. Yeah. Now, what I, you know, long story short, it's really kind of simple. I just refused to continue to hate them. Right on. Uh, yeah. Both of them got fired last week. See there? But God is good. Yeah, well, except, except it's interesting. <laughs> you know how you say that when the devil is your partner, all of a sudden one day he just steps aside and lets you keep going off the cliff? Yes. You know, you, you use an image. He's like, the devil, like, puts something on your mind. And then if you start following it a little bit, you believe it. Boom. You start acting it out. And then he'll let you really make it big, make you just make a fool out of yourself. And once you make a fool, he'll step back and let you see you have made a fool of yourself. You embarrass yourself. Now you're ready to kill yourself. Right. Those things could have happened in this case had I built up the fight, had I made a big stink about it, had, yeah. I, had I gotten all emotional. Uh, and it's funny, when they're gone... It was no big deal. Yes. I just, the other phrase you used, just went on about my business. Yes. Interestingly enough, the boss that I had, who I hated more because he was weak. I, I used to fantasize what I would say. One of us is going to leave first. What am I going to say <laughs> if I leave first? What am I going to say if he leaves first? Yeah. And I, I knew I was doing it. I couldn't let go of it always, but I knew it wasn't right. So yeah. I just learned to just shut up. I went so far as to take myself out from under him in the reporting structure and report to someone else so I wouldn't be tempted to do stupid stuff. Yeah. And uh, I, don't, I don't think that Good, worked out. Man. That didn't work that well. But anyway, so... I don't know if I would have taken myself from under him. I wouldn't will that myself to be. Yeah, I don't... I, I wasn't in that situation. I don't know how I would have dealt with I'm not so it. sure that was a smart idea. Yeah, but. because sometimes it's best if you don't see what to do about the situation is to allow yourself to go through it. Put up no resistance. Just don't resent it. Well, if you resent it, you're putting up a resistance. Sometimes you have to just be quiet and let yourself go through it. You do. You do. Um, the, the good thing was that uh, when it happened, I, it, I didn't have a situation where all of a sudden the guy's gone and I don't know what to do now because that had formed the basis of, of everything I was doing. You know, when you, when you are always pushing against something and hating it, all of yeah. a sudden the thing's gone and you don't know what to do. you got nothing to do anymore. Right. You know that feeling? Well, yeah. that wasn't there. I just went on and kept my work going. And it, yeah, was, it was a great feeling. The other fellow had made a fool out of himself. And, and gotten let go and outsourced, but that was the way, you know, let go is the same thing. It was an interesting situation, and I had stopped hating them. And then one last thing, um, uh, the, the, the beauty of not hating somebody is you begin to see what their capabilities are. Too. Yes. You start seeing that they really are smart about some things that maybe, A, you don't appreciate, or B, you wish you had. Yeah. Right? Or, uh, or you you don't want to admit you mistreated them and did something to get them mad. All those things you don't see when you can convince yourself you're mad. Boy, 
I don't know. You know, God helped us invent language, and, and language sure helps you come up with reasons for a lot of bad behavior, man. Another thing about well, not hating, too, you see who your friends are and who your enemy is, you know, who your real enemy is when you don't hate. And still, you can't hate your enemy. Yeah. But you definitely learn from it when you don't hate. It was an amazing yeah. thing. It was amazing that it was amazing in the nothingness that happened afterwards. It's like, yeah. no big deal. And guess what? One of the yeah. guys called me, right? And I, I was able to say with genuine feeling, I'm glad you called. I hope you do okay. That's right. And, and guess what? The dust is off my feet, you know, and on yeah. we go. And, and uh, he was asking me for advice. And I was like, I actually am giving this dude advice, you know, <laughs> after all that. But yeah. it, was, it was so, it, it really works. It helps you. Okay, here's the other phrase. Gospel of James in the old, uh, the King James Version. Yeah. It talks about let patience have its perfect works. Yes. Beautiful phrase. That's deep. Beautiful phrase. Yeah. And there it was. That's all. I had an elderly woman in Wichita Falls tell me that she came over yesterday at the end of the event. And she said to me, the last time you were here, you said in your speech, never to hate, always forgive, and that there is no reason to ever hate. And she said, I was hating somebody when you said that. And I said I was never going to forgive them. But when you said there's never a reason to hate, I realized I needed to apologize because I was wrong. And she said when she went to apologize, while apologizing to this person, she realized that she was more at fault than the person that she was hating, just simply by apologizing for hating. I'm like, wow, that's good. And that is the case a lot of times. It's more you than the person that you're hating. Matter of fact, it's more you than the person that you're hating. It may be all you than the person that you're hating. Because if somebody's doing you wrong and you hate them, it it's going to affect you. You start acting out. But if you didn't hate them, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with them. It's on them and it's about them. So she learned that lesson. I thought, wow, that's very interesting to hear that. But that's good. So you think uh, you're prepared now for the next thing to hate, oh, not already, to hate? It, it already happens. <laughs> I'm, I'm there. Uh, yeah. you know, How do you get so dark? Because you're like a real white man. You're real dark now. <laughs> It's you a, like the real deal, you know? It's a glow of success. Jesus. What have you been doing, laying on a tan light or something? You look different being dark. I want my head back. <laughs> I want my white head back. So you said it's already started again? Oh, yeah. It's happening again? It's a thing happened. Yeah, ridiculous. But, Are you able to share that? Um, I, I, don't, I don't want to yet because okay. I want to kind of just let go of it okay. and not be crazy about it. Because yeah. I can talk myself into anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know how the brain works? It looked like God playing a trick on us sometimes. Ugh. Do you think he messing with us or something? As I said, he, he taught us words so that we can use words to tell ourselves what we're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, well, that's think, great, man. You know, a little kid wouldn't even think that. Wouldn't even have the words to think that. That's right. But we just make up stuff. So it was good. It took years. This is a year. The, you know, in both cases, it was more than five years of, of just keep on keeping on stuff. Yeah. It just, it was years. And I guess I had a lot to dig up. Yeah. But it was, when it was over, it's just over. It's it like, over. Okay. It was like, there wasn't anything. To, when it's over, it's over. There was over. no music. There was no nothing. It was yeah. just like, okay, I got work to do. <laughs> good, man. So it was good. You, you still doing your prayer? Every day. Committed. Yes. Good. Yes. It's so important to stay with that prayer because Satan is so busy nowadays. Right. Even worse, more so today than ever before, it seems. And if you're not conscious, if you're not praying, you can be wiped out, easily be wiped out. Well, that's good. Uh, anybody else? Anybody else had a life the last three weeks? <laughs> yes, sir. Hold on a minute. Okay. Let him hold. <laughs> you grabbing that thing like you're going to be with it for a while. Okay. You're like, Phew. As I was saying, if you were wondering whether or not a uh, petition uh, in Chick-fil-A appreciation day, I just want to say I did and did because I I went to a went to a Chick Fil A at um, where I work. I thought it would be uh, only a few people uh, people here uh, here and there, uh, there because it, because I didn't think uh, I didn't figure what he uh, what the COO said uh, said really mattered that uh, really mattered that much. I always assumed it was common knowledge. Sure enough, uh, but I, I, the way I see it, I wait, uh, waited a line of an 
Oh, almost okay. an hour, almost through my lunch time. Uh, almost through my lunch time. I didn't expect a lot of people showed up for that. Be, uh, be he, popular, but uh, he's talk, up, Let me just steal for what you're talking about. He's talking about the Chick Fil A. Uh, the president of the company said that he support a marriage between a man and woman. This is just another example of evil. I often say that our battle is a spiritual battle between good and evil, right versus wrong. When the president of the company said that a marriage, he believes that a marriage is between a man and woman, and those are his Christian's uh, belief, you know? And as a result, the children of Satan tried to shut him down. And so the children of God got together. It was really nice to see that. And they united together in support of this man who believe in God, godly values. And... Uh, we organized a rally up at a, a support up at a, in Hollywood there at Chick-fil-A. And uh, I really appreciate the folks standing up. Just imagine what would happen if American Christians stood up like that in every given situation. We can save the family. We can save our country. We can take it back from the children of, of Satan. But for some reason, they won't come together in, in most causes. But they showed up in, in order to celebrate that. Did you guys go to anybody? Everybody here went? Yeah, that was something else. Were you surprised at the turnout? Oh, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. I, I, had never, I had actually never eaten at Chick-fil-A before. Yeah. <laughs> I had never heard of them before, to be honest with you. I had never heard, and I've gone there twice now. Yeah, I've been there several times now. I I. I know where they are because there's one in Cerritos near me and one in Long Beach near me. Yeah. But I just had never gone. Yeah. Yeah, I have, I, 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 uh, I loved it. You know, one thing I realized by being on the trip is that the truth is, the absolute truth is not being told anymore. And there are a lot of people who are Christians, but they are afraid. You know, they are, they are afraid to stand alone. They are afraid for someone to see them protesting against evil because they may take their names down and their names will end up on some list and all that kind of stuff. So they don't want their names to be out there. They are afraid that somebody at work may see them. And I, I'm saying to these people, how can you... And then white people, of course, are afraid of black people for fear of being called racist. That one word, right? And I'm thinking, saying to them, how can you be children of God and, and admit and know that you have fear and don't put the two together where if I'm a child of God, why do I still have fear? Because the Bible says perfect love casts out fear. And yet there's, it, does, it doesn't seem to be self-examination of that. They're not looking to see what they, why they have this fear. And that's why we got to get the word out there because a lot of the preachers are afraid too. But they showed up at Chick-fil-A. Everybody and their mama showed up, and that was a good thing. Uh, anybody else? Sonia, how have you been? You been gossiping lately? <laughs> we have a had we got to have a women's meeting us in, uh, in uh, September, right? And so the ladies have been on their own for a couple of months. I bet you you forgot all about the plan, right? Not to gossip and don't listen to it. I slipped up. You slipped up. Yeah. And gossip or listen to it, or both. Both. Speaking to me. What happened? I don't, I don't remember. It was a few things, so <laughs> I don't... You gossip about someone else? Yes. yes. And while you were doing it, did you hear yourself doing it? Yes. And you didn't stop? Like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. No. Or was it so good you couldn't stop at that point? <laughs> oh, my goodness, yes. It was so good you couldn't stop. Okay. Hey. Yes. Wow. So you <laughs> recognize why you were doing it, and you you should not be doing it. Yes. I can hear you. Yes. And you kept doing it. Yes. <laughs> well, I appreciate your honesty. Wow. So your conscience couldn't stop you. Mm. I guess not at that moment now. Yeah. I understand. I'm glad you're being honest, and best yeah. to be honest about it. That's how you overcome it. Yeah. Best to be honest. Anything else going on? Um, I don't want to talk about it right now. You don't want to talk about it? No, I'm still figuring it out. You want to talk about it after the meeting? Um, maybe. No. 
<laughs> is it? No, I can't even because I have to go. I can't even talk about. You it can't. It is, it's not something that you can help others with. Oh, I just I recognize some things about myself. Like what, for example? I recognize that I didn't really care for white people. That's white people. One, that's one thing. That you don't care for white people. No. Yeah. I noticed that, and I never knew that about myself. You never knew that about yourself? No. Even when you would be getting mad at me, thinking that I'm an Uncle Tom, <laughs> you didn't think that that was because you resented white people? No. Really? No. You wouldn't be able to see me as an Uncle Tom if you didn't hate white people. And so, wow, you realize that you do resent white people, and why do you resent them? I guess I don't... I guess it was the upbringing, I guess, like, just over the years, hearing certain things, and then I guess certain ideas get implanted into you or something like that. Yeah. Certain things like what about them? Like, um, I remember one time, like, I remember when I was a kid, my father, he didn't, I remember he said he didn't like Elvis. Elder? Elvis. Oh, Elvis. Elvis. You ain't Elvis. nothing but a hound dog. Yeah. He yeah. like, it was, you know, and I was like, why? You know, why you don't like Elvis? And he was like, oh, <laughs> he just sing black people songs or he try to act black or, or something <laughs> like that. And it was some other singers he talked about that was like from the 50s. Oh, they just sing black people songs and yeah. they get the credit for it or something like that. And so it was just certain things like that and going to school and. And certain people they used to bring in to talk to us. And then when I got older and I started working around them, and I, di I didn't really care for them. Like, yeah. But I didn't really see it at the time. I right. thought they were very sarcastic. I thought they were, I don't, it was just a lot of things I thought about white people. But I, but I still didn't see it as racism. Right. And I was like, something, it's like, and I really, I was like, maybe they are like what they used to say, the devil or something like that. But yes. That was just one thing I noticed about myself. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Why you didn't want to share that? Well, it was something else I was thinking about, but oh. yeah. So what is it has it done for you to see that now? Um, I'm just watching it. Yeah. I'm just watching it. And um and I was I was just thinking in my mind how I always thought like they brought evil into the world. Like, well Louis Ferris Louis Farrakhan yeah. said they did. I because certain things I thought about, I was like, to me, I thought like certain things that wasn't in the black community came after white people started doing it. Like what, for example? Like um, homosexuality. Oh, you think white people brought that to the black folks? <laughs> <laughs> I did. Uh, uh, no wonder Ed getting a tan. <laughs> I did. It's, it's a lot of things I thought about them. It just start coming to me. Yeah. I thought so many bad things about them. Wow. Yeah. And because when, even when you see like uh, like the protesters, most of them are white. Like and um, like when I look at like when I talk to my family, like the elderly people, they still like what you say. They have common sense. Yeah. And to me, the way I was looking at it, I thought like the younger generation. I thought something happened to him because the white people put that in their mind. Wow. That's yeah. I did, yeah. I'm glad you're seeing all that. Yeah, That's a lot to be carried around. Yeah. About people. Yeah. I know what you're talking about because when I was younger, when, when I moved to California, I heard that the white people brought the AIDS to the black, you know, disease, AIDS, the homosexual disease. I'm still, I'm still thinking about that one. <laughs> oh, you, you, they may. <laughs> That's one thing they probably did bring to us, right? <laughs> Those are bad white people. Uh, but you still believe they brought homosexuality to the blacks? Yeah, I do. I'm sorry? I do. Wow. I do. So you don't think there were any black homosexuals until they start intermingling with the but white folks? I don't know. For some reason, I always thought that. And you still believe it now? Yeah. Okay. I do. I wow. Do. So you don't think it has anything to do with sin? Yeah, it has something to do with sin. But white sin. <laughs> <laughs> no. When I was a kid growing up, I literally, and I don't know why, I mean, I literally thought 
black people did not sin. I used to think it was white people who were sinning. Because I didn't, black people kept their stuff so private that they were doing. You didn't really hear about it and talk about it. And my uncles used to go up to upstate New York during the summer to pick oranges and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they would, they would come back home and they had all these stories about white people. The white homosexuals, the white this and white that. And I'm like, wow, it's something about how white people sin and we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that for a long time. <laughs> my cousin, when I was down on a trip recently down in Eufaula, he lived down there. And he went to the re- this uh, engagement with me with the, Repu- the Barber County Republican thing, uh, meeting. And he was like, wow, this is something else to be amongst white people like this down here. I know what he meant because when I was growing up, we were not with white folks, right? So when I went back to visit, it seemed strange to be around white people in Alabama. And so he was like fascinated by it. And he told me the story that once he and his sister, when he was a little boy, he and his older sister went walking by this white church that I'm telling you about. And um, he said he saw grave sites out there by around the church because in the South, they didn't put the graveyard away from the church. It was right in the same location. He said when he walked by that church, he was shocked to see dead white people. He said because he knew that white people had a white Jesus and he said that because they had a white Jesus, he thought white people did not die. <laughs> and that's something, as a kid, he literally thought that. <laughs> that he thought they die. I understand it because the devil messed with your mind in all kinds of ways. But he realized that they do die now. And that Jesus was Jewish and not white. So that helped. And so why do you still believe that now that you're starting to wake up to your resentment toward white folks? Well, that's why I said I'm still... Because when I, I was reading about a long time ago about the AIDS ec- epidemic and all that, it was like 1% in the black community. And the most people who had it was like white homosexuals. Speak up a little bit for The me. most people who had it were like white homosexuals. Right. And later on, it started just, I don't know, I read all kind of stuff. I don't know if I, everything was true. Right. But um, how like it was brought from, like, a, a guy in, from Dutch. From, from oh, yeah, I remember that. that. Yeah, Some so, white guy that was traveling here. Yeah, from there, and yeah. so... One white man uh, yeah. uh, caused the whole world to sin. <laughs> One gay white man, right? Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm still working on it. I'm still looking at it, but... Yeah. It's just... Well, at least you're waking up yeah. to it. You're yeah. waking up. Louis Farrakhan said that black people were the first people on Earth and they were the smartest you know, wisest people, right? And then a couple of the men turned evil and went into a laboratory and created the blue-eyed devil. I don't devil. know if I believe that. <laughs> and that's, you don't believe that? I don't believe that. Oh, okay. No, At I, least I don't was... go that far. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we ended up with the blue-eyed devil. No. Laboratory? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. See, you didn't know you came out of... Uh, out of you probably thought you were from Europe somewhere, right? <laughs> Uh, the white person infiltrated my black blood. Black people got blue eyes. Yeah, that's what Sonya talking about now. They messed us up. Um, yes. Oh, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. I was just thinking that story works about white people being from a lab. Yeah. And stuff, but they actually didn't <laughs> create evil because, as he admitted, a couple of black folks became evil, evil. That's and a good... then created the white folks. But what, so what they're saying, what he's saying, though, is that that evil from the black person is passed down to the white person, and now white people do it all the time. Right, right. But the original evil came from them. Oh yeah, that's very. I had looked at it that way. Uh huh. Very interesting. Farrakhan. <laughs> what are you calling Martin right now in your head? Listen, that old blue-eyed devil (laughs) trying to take it off them. Well, that's good. You're seeing that, so you're waking up to it. Allow yourself to wake up. Allow yourself to wake up. That's what you want God to do, is to wake you up, because you're going to see that your mind have you set up up in so many wrong ways. There are so many things that we think is right that is absolutely wrong, and to wake up to it, is uh, is salvation itself? Is salvation? Let's go over here. Uh, yeah. That's good, aren't you? You you like that? Yeah. 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 Yes, sir. 
like what Ed said about um, when you um, when you hate somebody, you don't tend to see what you did to take advantage of them to, or to hurt them or to cause yeah. the issue that came up in the first place. Yeah, because resentment is is denial about oneself. Yeah. You have to always blame it on someone else and not see what you're doing. Yeah, that happens. That's the whole purpose of the ego. It happens a lot. Yeah, to you? Yeah. You do that to people? In my mind, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I do that. Yeah. You like it? No, I, well, I don't like it. I like it before, but then once once they uh, once they reject me, then it's like I'm mad at them and judging them. Yeah. But then I, every now and then I get a little glimpse that it was my own doing. Yeah. It's so unfortunate. Well, I don't know. Let me see if it's unfortunate that Christ came and He made us free. He put everything back in order. And these type of things are still controlling, keeping us apart, causing us to sin, the mindset like that. And whereas we could be free and living a life of love and still dealing with challenging life, you know, seeing things as they really are, just overcoming them. It's just too bad that he can deceive one, us in our minds like that. Isn't that something? And then a lot of folks are spending a whole lifetime deceived because that's all Satan is. He is a deceiver. He doesn't have authority for anything else because you notice once he deceives you, you bring on the destruction yourself. You do the rest because Satan can't make you get up and do anything. He just makes you think about it and you do the rest. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Um, I, when I grew up, <clears throat> I, uh, as a young man, I actually uh, saw in, my, in myself that I had a problem with the Jewish people. And later on, you know, I came to realize, but that was not my idea. It was never my idea. Yeah. It, I was, in other words, all these ideas that are running around in our heads. Uh, what, what was your problem with the Jewish people? Well, in, in other words... There was some, I mean, definitely uh, not hating them, but definitely looking down on them. You resented them. We resented them. That's the same thing, man. Yeah, well, it is. It is. Anyway. uh, And why did you resent them? I never knew. You never knew? Because, you know what what I realized later on? It came from somebody else. Yes. Like yeah. all these ideas that we have running around in our heads. And you know what the problem is? Uh, until you really see, you take responsibility. Because you know what I did? I felt bad that I actually hated the Jewish people. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I felt bad. I don't know how, to, how that happened. but This is why we need fathers and mothers to stay yeah. together. But so most that likely it came th- from my parents. They can most protect likely. their children from that kind of stuff. Yes. To be good parents so they can tell them the truth about what's going on. But, but if you're moment, a parent that's hating yourself, you're going to pass it on, too. Yeah, and the problem is that we take responsibility for that, yeah. and then it sticks to us. Yeah. It sticks to us. Yeah. Like it was our own idea, and yeah. we did it ourselves. That's right. And that was not the case at all. That's right. I understand that. That's good. Yeah. Absolutely. I, um, yes, ma'am, right here in the orange and black. And so you've been doing what? I'm reading your mind. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I did. I, um, I don't know whatever I did was gossiping. You were gossiping? Yes, I did. I think I did. Um, <laughs> whatever happened, happened with me. And it was a little major, major something that happened. And I was, I just realized that you asked about gossiping to Sonia. I just realized the thing that I was doing was that really gossiping. And then I realized that I was totally lost in my mind. I was not even, I was so far away thinking about, oops, you should stop your gossiping. Yeah. I was so caught up (laughs) in that. I was not even remembering to being awake. Wow. Yeah, that was such a, in my head, such a major situation that it took me off the tracks at all, and I was not even remembering single bit to be conscious. Does it feel good to gossip? 
It's like ice cream and cake. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the I like the um, the word that you call it juicy. <laughs> it was just little juicy. Yeah, if, if it <laughs> happened with me, um, there were some people that were there too. Yes, I was kind of feeling good talking about it about yeah. the situation because it was major something, you know. Yeah. So I was either getting approval from people yeah. or just just discussing it over and over and over again. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. So you're not going to do it anymore? I At least you don't not. want to. I hope not. Yeah. You're yeah. doing your prayer? I do. You're staying with that? Stay yeah. with the prayer. You know, one thing I realized about myself is that, uh, oh, I need to ask Tay if she gossip. Oh, hold on a minute. I'm sorry. I haven't since we've had the last conversation about it. Good. You had the opportunity? I, I have had the opportunity, yes. And how did you deal with it for those who don't know how to, what to do? Well, I kept my mouth shut, and then if there was something that was said, you know, I didn't respond to it, but um, if, if, if there was going to be any gossiping, it would probably would have come from me, and right. I didn't, oh, I didn't okay. start it. Good. So, Isn't it nice not to get involved like that? Yeah, it was nice to have, you know, a good conversation with the neighbors without going through yes, other people's It is stuff. so healthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so true. One thing that I've realized about myself some 25 years ago, I used to be a very weak, insecure kind of person. And there, there were many situations that I found myself in, and I didn't know how to deal with those situations. You know, I was blind and couldn't see emotional and doubtful. I just didn't know how to deal with the situation, situations. But then he woke me up and allowed me to see now. But now I don't know what tomorrow I'm going to bring. I'm just talking about from 25 years ago until this day. All right? Is that clear? So if you, if you see me out there tripping out, I say, oh, I thought he had it made. <laughs> but uh, um, God opened my eyes and he gave me love in my heart. He like sealed me up from the world in a, in a kind of a way. And I'm, I'm constantly seeing myself and overcoming. And what is causing me to see myself and overcome is the challenges that I have to deal with, the issues, you know. And I'm just so surprised at how well, and I, and I know it's because of him, because of my stuff, I, did, I wasn't doing it before, so I knew I... I know I couldn't be able to do it now, but I'm surprised at how well he allows me to go through things without freaking out, without uh, trying to make them end right away to keep from having to deal with them. You know how sometimes stuff comes to you and you want it to end right away because you don't want to deal with it or something? He's also given me a way where I just, if I don't see what to do, just go through it, let it happen without fighting against it. And it's so interesting to see that, especially once you make it through it, and uh, uh, once you make it through it, and you, you come out be a better person for it. Because Satan be trying to tell you all kinds of ways to deal with the situation. I'll give you some examples. In the position that I'm in, this is not like, if I was on an ego trip about being in the position I'm in, I'd be like on drugs and everything. I'll be buying some of y'all your marijuana right after the meeting, you know. But uh, because human nature, as, as the Bible mentioned, is wicked. And I'm realizing that I used to think that when I first started Bond, that if I just be myself and yet be honest with people, but be myself and kind of hang out with people and do things like that, that people would see me as I am and they would know that, you know, this is the real deal kind of thing. That's not necessarily so. What I realized about people is that people only like you as long as you go along with them. And if you ever have to take a stand or disagreement against them, they turn just like that on you. And a whole war starts. But God doesn't allow me to be a part of their war. They be warned by themselves, then they find friends to war with them, right? And for some reason, I can just go through it without I wish them well. Because you can see that a person with love whether it's a male or female, would never do that to other people. You know what I'm saying? And it's just amazing, absolutely mind-blowing to see that happen. And 
I, I want to say that to you because God really does love us. He really does. And he loves us in a way that words cannot express. And he sent Christ so that we can be in the world, but not of it, and deal with this evil that comes at you all the time, or most of the time. He's made it possible. It's in us to do it. But you must be born again. And, and you can't pretend to be born again. And the one thing I want to really, really just say over and over again, never, ever, ever, but never, 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 ever, 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 never, ever. <laughs> I have to take some water on this one. Because I need some more nevers. Never, ever. <clears throat> as long as you walk this earth, put your faith in mankind. Do not rely on mankind, human beings. Now, if you run into some folks and they're nice to you, they help you work, that's fine. But don't trust in human beings. Don't always have to go to someone for answers. Don't always have to look to someone else because it will not last. It will not last because human beings, we all got to overcome sin. We all, if you do it right, you're being made perfect, right? But if you rely on mankind and you see that imperfection, you're going to judge that mankind and then you're going to catch hell. It's no one else's fault that you put your faith in them. It's your fault. God didn't say put your faith in, in mankind. He says have faith in God. Trust God. And, and when you trust God only, if mankind should error, you're not going to hate mankind for error. You're not going to go after them. You're not going to try to hurt them. But if your faith is in man, you, you messed up. You don't have salvation. You don't have peace. You don't have anything. Never. If someone speaks something that is true, you can hear it and enjoy it, meaning that appreciate it, but don't get all into the person. Don't, like, worship the person. And a lot of people, especially Christians, and not just Christians, they worship human beings. Even when the human beings say, don't worship me, they still do it. And you see that they go crazy. They become, they become nutcases because they're not growing within themselves. And it's just, it's wrong to do it that way. It's evil. Only have faith in God. There's not one physical soul that is walking this earth, unless Jesus is out there walking somewhere and I don't know it. But there's not one physical person on earth that I have faith in. Not one. Not one. And, but now the old me would have had that. I'm just being a witness to it that once you are born again from within, you won't have that. I'm telling you what happened to me. And so have no faith in nobody. But that doesn't mean go around distrusting people either. Just take them at their word and see what happens. And if they do, if they're honest, then that's cool. If they're not, then that's cool. You know what I mean? And, but you will always be right here free. All right? It's nobody else's fault that you do that either. Now, there may be people out there trying to seduce you to worship them, but I don't know why anybody would want them to. I don't know why, like movie stars and things like that, I wouldn't be working overtime to get people to worship me. People are a headache. <laughs> that's, that's a big load to try to carry, you know, to try to seduce people to worship you. I, I just... It's just crazy. It's insane because of human nature. Human nature is wicked. All right? So don't worship anybody. No one. It's just another person telling you the truth about something. That's it. And you should be able to have lunch and play and do all that, but not worship the person. All right? Yes, sir. Yeah, you know, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm snorting because my allergy is bothering me. It makes me realize that um, even when it comes to preachers, especially or people you seek advice from. Yeah. Um, if you're not getting better, or you get better for a little while, and then, you know, you, sl you slump back, there's another source that you need to be Look, there's, there's something else you need then yes. that they're not providing, and maybe they can't provide. That's right. And that's also what has to do with trust. You know, you can't, they can't get you 
the whole way. There's something else that needs to get you there. I, I thank God that he saved me, that he gave me that born-again experience. I really do. Because there's nothing like words could ever express. I'm telling you, until you get that born-again experience, which you're never going to get from another person or another thing or anybody, you're not going to know what I'm talking about. But once you get it, you know it. And you don't need validation from anybody. You just know it. Your whole life starts to change. And the way you see things, the way you treat others, the way you feel about others and yourself and everything. Yes. Yeah, I just want to add to that a little bit, uh, that even though the apostles lived with Christ, who better to live with to get over your problems, Yeah. that until they were born again, yes. they were still the same men. Yeah. You must be born again. There is a, a born-again spiritual experience that will come up on you and change your world. And nobody, uh, no Jesse, no preacher, no money, no dancing, no going to church, no not going to church, no reading the Bible, no not reading the Bible, nothing else would give you that. And it's just so amazing that he's done that to me. It really, really, really is. And I want you to have it too, but you cannot have your faith. You cannot have faith in yourself or anybody or anything else. And again, don't walk around crazy. I'm not going to trust this one. I'm not going to trust that. Oh, <laughs> oh, do I have faith in you? You just want me to have faith in you. Don't, don't go trippy like that. Just as, as uh, Sonia was talking about earlier, she see, she's now aware of how she really feels about white people. That's what you want. You want to just be aware. And God caused that to happen as well. But don't go in your head and, and am I trusting this person? Don't freak out like that. All right, that'll drive people crazy too. Yes. Yeah, I got a question. Um, what about the apostles? The apostles they weren't they weren't saved and Well he just said that. It wasn't until they had that born again experience that they understood what Christ was really talking about. But God saw something in them that they didn't see in themselves and that's why he used them in the beginning. It wasn't until after uh Christ passed and I guess after that, because before then they would they would hear the stories and hear parables, and but they understood more. Um, just like so they weren't saved yet, they weren't. Um, I guess they didn't recognize the need to be saved. They didn't. It's have just like them. everybody here right now. You're here because you recognize something about what I'm saying that is true, because the truth is there, and the Holy Spirit is trying to wake us up to it. So you recognize something there, right? But you haven't had that born-again experience yet. But you can tell when, when you go to another church that all the preachers doing is giving you the Bible and Word, and you see that, and nothing here. It's just dead air. But, so it's with you to know, but you got to find that little quiet moment where nothing is going on, and God can save you all, bring you all the way in. And I don't know how he decides to do that, but that's what you need, that born-again moment. Let me tell you this because of time. Let me just get this in, Raymond. If I have time, I'll come back to you. Um, you guys heard, of, we have a, just for the audience out there, we have a, a young man who been in the program, bond program, uh, uh, and I've been working with him, Mesa. You guys heard about that Mesa Aspire, right? And I've been working with Mesa since about the age of 13 or 14 years old. And um, uh, interesting guy, interesting guy. But he was working out at the gym on June 15th, he had a brain aneurysm, and he went into a coma, whole body paralyzed on the left, and all kind of crap that's going on. And they were treating him. At first, they were just keeping him alive by machine. Because if, he had, if that had happened at home or something like that, he'd, be, he'd have been gone already, right? But they kept him alive on machine for a while, and then he woke up, came out of the coma somewhat. And then, uh, so about a, almost a month ago, well, June 15th to this weekend is how many months? How many? Almost two months. Well, last Saturday when I was in Alabama at the reunion, as I was walking into the reunion, I get this call from the hospital from the doctor that announced him dead, right? He said, I, I'm sorry to tell you, but Mr. died today. I'm like, wow, that's something there. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, this guy was young. He was healthy. He was working on overcoming his problems. 
he had be, was becoming a good writer. He's always wanted to be a writer. And, and now I'm planning his funeral, and I can't believe I'm doing it. It's like putting together a funeral. I've never put together a funeral. And, and, but when I think about him, if I fall into an unconscious state, I can barely take it. But if I stay conscious and don't go into the thoughts about this situation, I cannot do it. <laughs> I had the same thing happened when my dad died. I, somebody had to be strong. Then after it's over, <laughs> yeah. shut the door. But I realize what makes us weak is when we go unconscious. When you think on a situation, you, it awakens your emotions. That's when you become weak. And everybody wants you to act that way. Yeah. The, in the hospital, they're going, yeah. you need to connect your heart with your head. And I was like, what are you talking about? I oh, Robert, go over here with the mic, please. Come on. Sorry. Sorry. I'm done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no, the, the whole system tries to make you an emotional Yeah, wreck. they do. And there was a, uh, a nurse that was in charge when my dad died. There's a nurse that was in charge of that whole process, was telling me that I was being too, I was disconnecting my head and my heart, that I needed to connect the two. She wanted to see me a blubbering mess. I said, yeah. look, cut it out. Go take care of my dad. I'm not the one that got the problem here. That's know? right. Just the whole system wants to turn you into that. That's what the world do to you. They, they want you unconscious and crazy and emotional, and then they call that love. But right. that gets right. you nowhere. And, and because I noticed, and I'm telling Patrick about this, when I would go into my mind about him, I would become emotional. I couldn't tell if I felt sad for him or myself. You know, I couldn't tell if I'm saddened that he was a young man who died at such an early age or if I was sad because I'm going to miss him or I do miss him already. I couldn't tell, but when I come out of that, it, I could just see the right thing to do. I don't understand why he died such, except for he had a problem with, he had a twisted vein, according to the doctor. It, there was embedded down in his brains and he was born that way with it, didn't know it. And as he got older, it became easier. Any little, uh, um, any little, um, uh, whatever you call it, could make it explode, huh? Stress. Yeah, stress could cause it to explode. But uh, but it's a trip to see it. But what is amazing about it, up until this day, God just He has given me the insight and the the love to just deal with it. It is what it is, and he just gave me the strength to deal with it. And I say that because I want you to know that that's how much he loves you. He loves us like that. And it doesn't matter what we have to deal with, if we're guided by him, it doesn't matter what folks say about you, how, how often it's there, you just, you're just not moved by it. And I want you to have that born-again experience. Christ came that we may have it. But you've got to overcome your anger. You've got to know yourself. You got to lay down your pride, this ego. This ego life is death. It really, really is. And for it to happen to me, and I understand it, is mind-blowing. To lay down, in every situation is causing you to become better and better in life. That's how you're being made perfect. He has laid it out for us. You don't have to be gossiping and unhappy and uh, broken and lonely and you got to join the folks who hate everybody else. You can just live your life, but you got to be born again. You got to learn how to be still so that you can see yourself and overcome. He's with all of us right now. And if he's done it for me and has joined it for me, he'll do it for anybody. And I want you to get sincere, uh, get serious about your spiritual life. It's very simple. Keep it simple. Realize of yourself you can do nothing because Evil is having its way, and in all honesty, I believe we have some difficult days ahead of us. Families are not getting along. It's bad. I was talking to the kids at the juvenile detention center in Wichita Falls, Texas, and they were in, it was amazing how they've been lied to and how at five year, years old they were on drugs because their parents were on drugs and their fathers they've never seen. And, and a lot of them are not even seeing their mothers now because the mothers are on drugs. And these kids don't have a chance. They don't have, they don't have a chance. Uh, so even when they are born, life is hell. And so evil is having its way. And it's time to wake up, folks. It really is. And Christ came and made it possible so that we could wake up.
It really tired. Be still, know God, forget about everybody else, don't worry about what they think about you. You overcome so that you can bring some love. God can bring love in the world through you. That's what Christ was all about. He rewards you for doing good or being good, living right and not hating. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you, folks. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. From